the older gentleman who ran the parking lot, he said, well, then what do I tell them when the church bus shows up? And I said, (laughs) tell them we don't want their kind. Welcome to the Fresh Expressions podcast, season four. I'm calling it the holiday edition. I'm your host, Heather Delon. I'm a local pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. Season four will help you reimagine how you can leverage the fall season and the winter holidays to reinvigorate your church's relationship to your neighborhood and community. If you love this podcast, we hope you'll check out more. Head over to FX Connect, an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. And if you've benefited from this podcast, you can help us spread the word. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or just share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Well, welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I am excited to get to share with you today my friend, my colleague, my partner in mission and ministry uh, across uh, many, many, many uh, years now, uh, the Reverend Brett DeHart. Uh, Brett is going to share with us a little bit about um, how we can really leverage the holidays to engage new people in our community. I think um, this is the time of year during the holidays that there is kind of a, a golden window of sorts where there are more people that are open to the possibility of connecting with the church, with the possibility of different kind of holiday events that we might be having and how to really uh, do that with some inten- intention. So, um, Brett, I would love for you to introduce yourself and um, share with everyone a little bit about your particular context. Sure. Well, I'm a United Methodist pastor in North Georgia. I just uh, hit the 20 year mark. And so uh, this uh, has been uh, quite uh, the journey uh, as I've uh, made my way uh, through different uh, communities across North Georgia, serving churches. Uh, This is second, third, fourth career for me, depending on how you count them. I started as a sportscaster in college and a few years after that, I went into the business world, uh, small business for about 10 years, and then uh, went off to seminary at 33. And so uh, uh, here we are 20 years later. I was going to say, you beat uh, me. (laughs) You beat me. (laughs) So uh, it's been an adventure. uh, That's for sure. I think uh, I'm, uh, I think at times, uh, I I certainly have that grounding in, in the uh, existing traditional inherited church. That's what I grew up in. Uh, but I'm also, uh, I feel like uh, I'm probably most comfortable on the edge at times. Mm, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. at just, uh, um, you know, at, at kind of that period of, of answering my call, God put it a, uh, this passion for reaching new people upon my heart. And uh, that's really, uh, no matter what the locale, uh, I've tried yeah. to connect with uh, my community and find unique ways that, that we might engage people. And uh, and really just uh, connect with people and and hopefully bring them into the church. But if not, at least have good right. encounters with them uh, out in the community. 
Yeah, Brett is all about uh, seriously living out the the great commandment to love our neighbors and find new ways to do that wherever he might be. Um, I have I have had the the blessing of um, being able to to serve a local church with Brett, and so I have seen him in action. We very much are um, of the same mind and heart in that regard, and um, we both thought it might be a little bit dangerous serving a church together, but it was a, it was a good time, and I continue to learn. So so much from from Brett, and I know you will too. So, Brett, you had kind of a, a unique thing happen in that um, you were appointed to the church you're serving right now um, in Augusta, Georgia. That's where the Masters happens. If you know, if anybody didn't know that uh, golf tournament, but. You were appointed there during COVID, and so it was a very unusual time to start in a new church. And um, say a little bit about how that kind of changed some of the things you were doing, and then how that became an opportunity also to engage with your neighbors in some new ways. Well, we had to get creative, and uh, you know we've <laughs> never done it this way before. That was the mm-hmm. mantra that uh, we uh, got to say over and over and over again, and I think it really fit. Uh, with uh, my spirit and and kind of you know having that uh, gift of desperation uh, mm. in the midst of that, as well as uh, the church, uh, the glory days were well in the rearview mirror, and so um, to I've, I found a willingness to try some new things, and uh, we had a Bible study and uh, we talked through each week. I would give them a different example of uh, fresh expressions, dinner church, messy church, recovery church, uh, and just all kind of different opportunities out there. Uh, For most of them, this was the first time they had ever been exposed to this type of of offering and possibilities. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so uh, messy church really resonated with the, uh, the group. Uh, it was, um, I think it matched the DNA of the church. They saw themselves as a church that loves kids and youth. Mm-hmm. And they had always reached those as kind of uh, a suburban church when they began in the 60s. And so um, that matched up. But during COVID, we could not do a normal messy church. And we right. were lucky if we were doing worship most weeks. So uh, we, started out, the church had been doing a trunk or treat through the years. And so we mm-hmm. made that a drive-through experience mm-hmm. and uh, we branded it Messy Church and we sent them home with Messy Church lessons. And we wanted to introduce the idea of Messy Church to them, um, get their information so that we could build a database with the promise that when we could, um, Messy Church would begin in its normal type of format. Uh, we scheduled a Christmas drive-through as well. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that got canceled uh, in the midst of a, a rise in COVID cases. And then yeah. at uh, at Easter time, we did a drive-through with uh, the first stop was Palm Sunday, the second stop was Good Friday, the third stop was the Easter tomb, mm-hmm. uh, and so. That uh, those, you know, the three drive-through events that we had envisioned, uh, it was able, you know, we were able to build our database, connect with people, introduce the messy church idea. And then uh, uh, almost a year later, or more than a year later, in some cases there, we finally began messy church in its normal format. 
Well, uh, so uh, I know there are a lot of uh, a lot of things that you learned along the way as well. Um, but uh, obviously, the 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 folks in your church kind of um, rallied around the this one noodle you threw at the wall. You were throwing lots of noodles, and yes. this one in particular stuck with your with your folks um, around messy church. So before we kind of continue with the conversation, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with this particular um, form of church, messy church. It did come out of the the UK, much like the Fresh Expressions movement. It is a different form of church that's uh, multi-generational. You want to just share a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, We say that it's an opportunity for kids and adults uh, to experience faith together. It's intergenerational. Mm -hmm. We do not allow the adults to drop off the kids. It's not VBS. Right. Uh, but it's an opportunity for uh, the parents and the kids to be involved in games and activities, a celebration time in our sanctuary, uh, mm-hmm. which we might call worship with prayer, yeah. uh, and then a meal together. And so mm-hmm. uh, it runs uh, about two hours. We do it on Sunday nights. You can put mm-hmm. it at any point during the week. It's monthly. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's a different rhythm. Uh, we're reaching people that we would never reach in our traditional format. Right. Uh, but a few of them have found their way into our kids' program on Wednesday nights. Uh, uh, some have come to worship. Uh, and now even uh, one of the ladies is involved in leadership of another, what we hope becomes a fresh expression for single parents. Mm-hmm. And I know that there there were so many kind of little um, steps you took in that direction along the way um, that, uh, you know, you even when you started the official messy church, you had games outside because folks were, you know, for some people, the building can be an obstacle. And a lot of our fresh expressions don't actually meet on church campuses, but a messy church oftentimes does. Um, some of our dinner churches do as well, but um, y- you had games and things like that outside to kind of um, help people uh, engage with others and get to know others and feel a little bit more comfortable um, before things started happening in the building. So really, you leveraged some of these ho- holidays and um, and the the less uh, uh, the lesser obstacle of a parking lot versus a building to begin getting to know your neighbors um, a little bit better. But this is this is not um, really your first rodeo in regard to to doing some different things and engaging the community. Um, I I know a little bit about some of your your stories in previous contexts. Um, you know, with uh, Christmas at the farm, with uh, Christmas and uh, a Douglasville Christmas, I think when we were serving together, some different opportunities um, uh, and looking differently at some things that we had always done, right? And how to kind of turn those uh, just, a, just a hair, just a smidge that we might engage more people. And I know that one of the things you talked about was um, I think it was your trunk or treat that had traditionally, I guess, engaged uh, hundreds of people in the community and then making that flip to we're going to engage a specific group of people. So do you want to say a little bit about kind of previous context and how you have sure. of leveraged the holiday seasons to engage new people and connect with the community and um, and maybe even share a little bit about um, kind of um, how 
your um, existing church so that the body uh, in the existing church has has kind of moved along this journey with you um, because it, it doesn't all just happen overnight. It's not magically, okay, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the holidays are a great time because it's something that people already understand and yeah. they're looking to be engaged in community type of activities during that time. And so um, in Austell, we were in the midst of a historic flood there mm-hmm. uh, that happened in September. And in December, we were able to invite the elementary school next to us to come over and uh, have a night where we would provide dinner for them. They could Their choirs would sing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, due to some gifts that had been donated from other churches, because of the flood, uh, they wanted to give mm-hmm. a nice Christmas to uh, many of the families that had experienced devastation. And so mm-hmm. we were able to have Santa and gifts and, and all of that. So we leveraged an activity, whereas a public school would probably you know, never find an opportunity to come to a, uh, a church building. You know, we were mm-hmm. able to leverage that opportunity, use the flood, use the holiday, uh, use mm-hmm. the choir's desire to come and sing somewhere in public. Um, we've used Christmas parades. Uh, yeah. You know, that's already happening in the community. So how can we be visible there? One mm-hmm. of the great things I've done in multiple locales with parades is, you know, a lot of parades, they throw candy. Well, the kids, if you look at them, that they're like, they've got candy and they have nothing to hold it in. So we printed bags with our logo and everything. And we would hand those out as we walked along. And then that way they would take those bags home and it had our information inside of it. So when they dumped their candy out, they would have information for us. And then that led into at Ringgold, uh, I looked around and there was no community Christmas event for families. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to go Rock City and pay $100, you could. But there right. wasn't a community event. And so we put on a community event at a church member's farm. And that was Christmas at the farm. A thousand people showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had promoted that at the parade two weeks before. And right. so, and that's, uh, you know, they just did it again this year. I think it's the 10th one or or, or wow. so. And so, you know, it's just finding ways to to leverage these mm-hmm. events that people are already used to or their desire at um, the holidays uh, to uh, connect um, yeah. with that. So I'm there was there th- was a comment. I was going to say there was a comment when, before we hit record that you were you were making about um, why you scheduled the the gathering at the Christmas at the farm at a particular time and kind <laughs> of the 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 some of the feedback or conversations that you had around that. So would you share that? I would love for our listeners to hear that. So, um, you know, the, sometimes you got to shock the system with Mm -hmm. uh, these type of events, keeping us focused on why we're doing these events or outreaches or or fresh expressions, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And so uh, the first year we have a thousand people show up. Everybody's really excited. We have the debrief meeting and people are like, you know, we had uh, a lot of churches canceled their Sunday evening activity so that they could come to this. And we had buses of churches, uh, you know, church buses showing up and, and all of that. And 
If we did it on Saturday night, we'd have so many more people coming <laughs> because they wouldn't have conflicts with their own church. And I, you know, I said, that's not why we're doing this. We're not trying yeah. to entertain church people. Um, right. We want the unchurched to come to this. Right. That's why we're doing this. And mm -hmm. one of the, the older gentlemen who ran the parking lot, he said, well, then what do I tell them when the church bus shows up? <laughs> and I said, tell them we don't want their kind. Uh, and I mean, you could have heard a pin drop in the room. It was just, that was shocking. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it got back to, uh, I have the, the spiritual gift of bluntness sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's just getting back to why are we doing this? We are right. doing this to connect and engage with those who, uh, you know, have no faith or are not connected to the church. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're trying to find ways uh, to do that. At that Christmas at the Farm of Event and multiple other events through the years, you know, we uh, will do a giveaway or something so they can fill out and we can get their information. They fill out an entry card. And mm -hmm. there's a question on that card that says, are you actively involved in a church? And mm -hmm. if they are, then we throw that card away. I have no interest <laughs> right. in following up with those people or even inviting right. them back the next year. Um, right. You know, the, if we, I want the cards and, and I do that. I'm there at 11 o'clock that night after the event going through those mm -hmm. cards because mm -hmm. I want to find the people who don't have a church home. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the whole reason we did the event. Yeah, it's a mindset shift, right? I mean, it really is a mindset shift because um, a lot of our uh, um, uh, church events, even during the holidays, are for churched people. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're saying. But we do need to be clear about the why and what we're doing and then, um, you know, what uh, it might look like to um, have those debrief conversations. I think, I mean, I appreciate you mentioning that. I think that's really important to, to get feedback. And, and it, it can be a, a learning opportunity for everybody to hear what they saw God doing, what, you know, what they felt like worked and what they felt like didn't work. And then, and then kind of go back to the, the clarity of the why. Why are we doing this? Well, yeah. I'll talk about our recovery church. It meets on mm -hmm. Sundays at 1130. Our worship service is at 10 o'clock. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, you know, this is kind of a lunch church uh, w built around recovery. And it happens Sunday at 1130. And in the early days of that, people would tell me, you know, if we would do this at one o'clock, then we could get all these people that are going to church other places, <laughs> but are in recovery, then they could come. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just, that's not why we're doing it. Right. Uh, you know, we want to be helpful to those who are in recovery, but ultimately we're trying to connect with people who do not have, uh, you know, who are not engaged in church, don't have a church home, uh, or as some of those still wrestling with the whole idea of higher power. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's gold. Uh, that's, you know, we, yes, we want to be helpful to, to folks in recovery, but we specifically want to be helpful to people without faith in recovery. Right. right. That's and now, you know, if I need some church folk around that to, to give me critical mass course. and to, yeah. to 
create, you know, good environment or, uh, but as we say in Fresh Expressions, you don't want too many church folk around. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You need that, you need that team potentially uh, made up of at least a, a, a few inherited church folks. Um, but that also might be people from the larger community that are in recovery that are potentially, they could be even de-churched people that haven't been a part of a, a church community for some point in time, but um, some period in, of time. Um, and those are, those are all important um, factors. I think that, um, you know, one of the, the, one of the things that we really want to kind of talk about or lean into is this whole idea of a blended ecology and how, um, the holidays really lend themselves to kind of cultivating that, right? With with mm-hmm. engaging with new people, um, introducing our, you know, some of our existing or inherited church folks to the community um, around us in some new in some new ways. And I know that you've um, you've seen some fruit from this in that, you know, your inherited church might not necessarily reflect the neighborhood that surrounds your church, but by, you know, um, kind of uh, being very intentional about um, listening to and paying attention to the the community and the neighborhoods around your church, you were able to um, come to a point where, okay, it made sense for us to do this on a later on a Sunday afternoon or, you know, when, whenever you um, schedule different things to engage the people that are in your neighborhood that will reflect your community um, more fully. And, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's a big, that's a big uh, mindset shift for a lot of us who have, um, you know, come up in the inherited church or been formed by the inherited church to think, well, if you're not there on Sunday morning, then it's not church. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the the whole blended ecology and really these these opportunities to engage with the the larger community that maybe is not represented in your church. Are, um, are a way to uh, kind of begin that Fresh Expressions journey that we talk about, where we, we listen to our community. We get to know who our neighbors are. Um, we get to know their stories and their names. Like that's that's a part of the, the listening part of the Fresh Expressions journey. And then we... We, we respond by loving and serving and, you know, and, and, you know, based on what we hear, what we learn, uh, what we better understand about our neighbors. So I guess, you know, what are some ways that have um, that has kind of bubbled up in the, the different events you were doing and some of the decisions that you made along the way um, uh, with with these different events? Well, I think, uh, you know, we saw it in Douglasville with the uh, dinner church in a food pantry, mm-hmm. uh, the connection to the schools, um, you know, uh, here, our, our messy church, our recovery church, we're reaching people, uh, you know, different economic statuses, different races, yeah. um, special needs, adults and children, um, yeah. all these people that we are not reaching in our traditional settings Mm-hmm. And so we have much better diversity in our fresh expressions and the different things that we're doing than we do uh, in our existing, um, you know, traditional um, settings. And what's what's really beautiful is when those people, if you know, we've had a few that then uh, kind of cross over, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that is that blended ecology where uh, you know they they come from. Uh, just this past Sunday, we had three of our recovery folks showed up in worship. And you talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the sermon was on uh, Jesus with the woman at the well. Mm. And this was the day that 
the recovery folks chose to show up, you mm. know, uh, by happenstance, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it was just really cool to, uh, you know, it was like a tailored message for them and they showed up that day. Um, so, um, you know, folks in, in our messy church, they are trying, um, you know, they'll, uh, you kind of dip their toes, a few of them into our kids program. And then mm-hmm. once they feel comfortable in the relation, well, I'll give you an example there. We have a woman who, um, you know, a different race than the vast majority of our congregation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she got engaged in the church. She go, uh, she gets invited to go to Sunday school by mm-hmm. one of the, the people serving at Messy Church, mm-hmm. and she goes to the Sunday school, and I'm really nervous because yeah. <laughs> they probably aren't her politics. They probably they certainly aren't her age. Yeah. Um. And yet she, because of the relationship she had with yeah. the person, and yeah. you know, she's gone and gotten engaged in that class and keeps going back. And so, right. you know, it's just right. the beautifulness of that. When all of it can work together, yes, uh, and that's as a pastor, you know, I get excited when it seems like all of the things uh, come together and start mm-hmm. working together. Um, we had a young family that came to our traditional worship for about three months, and I finally got the opportunity to ask him, you know, like, how did you hear about us? Why, you know, what brought you here? And he said, oh, you know, we saw a messy church on Meetup. Well, their mm. child is really too young for Messy Church. They've only been to Messy Church once. Um, and that was after they'd been coming to worship for like three months. So, but yeah. they said, we saw that and we wanted to be a part of a church that did something like that. So, mm. you know, it's it's just wonderful when all the pieces can kind of work together in that blended ecology. I think those that that is the beauty of the overflow, um, really in engaging people that are never going to walk into our churches on a you know into a traditional worship service or on a a Sunday morning necessarily is that we engage and build relationships with new people um, through these fresh expressions or even you know just community events that we're really intentional about. Um, uh, you know, fostering those relationships and, and cultivating those relationships that when they when they get to know folks that are a part of the church, they decide, well, maybe church is, you know, maybe they inherited church is for me. And um, they feel a little bit more at ease walking into the church building. That is really the overflow. So, um, you know, this is this is not to say, um, you know, this this is how you get more people into your church, but this is how you get to love your neighbors. And this is, you know, the, the blessing that comes with um, with getting to know your neighbors and love your neighbors and um, build community with your neighbors, all of those parts of the the fresh expressions journey. Um, and and Brett, you and I have talked about this. I would love for you to kind of share three things that you want um, you know, pastors and laity, anyone who's listening to hear um, uh, in this conversation that you, you, you know, you really want them to take away because I know there are churches out there, folks out there that say, you know, I, I am a part of a small church. We can't put on big events. You know, I am, um, you know, I mean, I might be new to this context or whatever. What, what would be the three things that you would want folks to hear and take away from this conversation? Well, I think the biggest is to do something, just start. (laughs) 
now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go get to it. Uh, you can do small things. I, I just think about you know, just find ways to engage your community. I think about the Black Friday. We went to the mall and we gave out. Uh, goodie bags to the workers because it's mm-hmm. the worst day of the year for them. People are treating them horrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, we, we actually engage people that we don't normally engage through activities like that. Um, so just do something. It doesn't have to be large. It doesn't have to be a program. It doesn't have to be an event. Um, mm-hmm. As you start looking for maybe something bigger to do, uh, how to engage a fresh expression in your community, uh, I would say look what it look for what is happening mm-hmm. that you don't have to come up with. Uh, right. is, so if you're if you're too small to do your own thing, look for what's already happening and find a way to be a part of that. The mm-hmm. town festival, the parade. Yeah. Uh, you know, what other things are going on in town that you can just latch on to right. and be a part of that we're Places where people are already showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to gather the crowd. They're already right. there. You just have to find a unique way and preferably a, a not so churchy way <laughs> to yeah. be present yeah. um, in that uh, and, and not look like you're trying to sell something and uh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. You're, that you're engaging people in that. I would also say, look for what is missing. Mm. That's what we did with the the Christmas at the farm event. Uh, yeah. The community didn't have a community Christmas event. So we plugged the hole for something that was missing. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's three. I would say yeah, that that's those, <laughs> those are good. <laughs> three. That's so good. That's so good. Start, do something, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, Look for what's already happening and be a part of that. You know, um, I think I think you and I have both probably given away a lot of hot chocolate and hot cider and candy and, you know, water. And um, we're just, you know, a lot of times um, uh, there are Share God's uh, love in practical ways. There you, know? you go. I was going to say there's a lot of times that 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 cities it, or municipalities are trying to host these big things and they don't have enough people to do it. They're looking for additional yeah. um, people to serve. So that's a big opportunity. And then um, the third thing, looking for what's missing and um, maybe how you can uh, be a part of uh, making that a reality. In yeah, the and be community. unique. Do we really need, does your town really need another trunk or treat? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, so good. I mean, yeah. if you're the number one trunk or treat in your town, great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I don't want to harp on trunk or treat because I could pick 12 other church events to do the same. But, right. you know, find unique stuff that, you know, we talk about uh, a big thing for us is the snow machines, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're in Augusta, Georgia. It snows once a decade. So even <laughs> fake snow is something in this town. And so we went out and bought two snow machines. Uh, they're about a hundred dollars a piece. You got to buy the juice that seems, yeah. uh, that's expensive there, but no juice. Um, yeah. You know, and we just have, we have snow and, uh, that's unique. It makes a memorable moment for people as they come. And, uh, you know, that's going to catch people's attention and, yeah. and they're more likely 
to to want to engage in because that's something they're not going to get at every other church or right. even in the community at every other place. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Brett, is there anything that you haven't gotten to share or say that you wanted to say or share today? I'm sure there is, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but really, I, I think it's you've got to you've got to have a passion, mm-hmm. and you've got to be relentless, um, mm-hmm. particularly in in churches, because uh, you know this you're going to be uh, swimming upstream on this type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and you you've just got to stay at it. You've got yeah. to continuously be thinking and brainstorming and trying mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. uh, and just keep at it and use that idea, you know, throw the spaghetti against the wall right. or just throw stuff up against the wall. See what works. See where the mm-hmm. spirit moves uh, yeah. and, and just keep the momentum moving forward. And, uh, you know, and that takes uh, a lot of passion and a lot of dedication and a lot of relentless relentlessness and, and yeah. persistence uh, to keep at it because in the day-to-day grind will will grind you down and uh, and there probably will be more people pushing against it than for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you just got to keep the mission in mind. And, yeah. uh, and, and sometimes you got to shock the system, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to get people back focused on, you know, what are we doing this for? Why are we right. here? Right, um, and so right. I think that's uh, you know it takes leaders, uh, mm-hmm. and to to do that, and they're very well maybe leaders in your church or probably are particularly you know that have lived in that community for a long time that live there for a reason they love that community and you know to to kind of bring them back to um, you know what do, what would it look like for us to be an integral part of this community I really love this community in some significant and share the ways. vision share this evangelistic vision share this vision of engaging the community being for the community and see yeah. whose eyes light up exactly uh, yeah. and it's probably going to be people that you might least expect. Yeah, uh, and uh, a lot of them they've never uh, they've never had that experience or possibility in their church, mm-hmm. uh, and so when they start to hear that, uh, when they start to see some of that activity, they're going to get excited because they're yeah. like, you know, this is what I've been waiting decades for. Yeah, yeah. So, Brett, you've mentioned a couple of things. Um, where can people where can people connect with you online? How can people find you if they have further questions? So there's brettdehart.com. We're working uh, now on uh, a uh, uh, kind of talking about this gift of desperation and Mm -hmm. how churches can use uh, these desperate times that we're in and and that gift of desperation. So uh, we've got a website there, giftofdesperation.church. And so uh, we're excited about that and to uh, to be able to give people hope in the midst of of some challenging and interesting uh, times. Thank you so much for your time, Brett. I would love for you to close us out and pray over those who are our listeners for the season that is upon us. Would you do that? Absolutely. Lord, uh, we thank you for your active engagement in our world and in our lives. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you would raise up uh, many positive deviants, uh, those (laughs) folks on the edge uh, who Mm. can uh, take ministry 
uh, into the community, uh, mm-hmm. engage those you love and you desire to reach, uh, and can bring the church along with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, uh, just lead us, guide us, uh, and may your spirit be among us, uh, and may you work in and through us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Brett. Look forward to the next conversation. Happy holidays. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, work, eat, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Want to learn more from the Fresh Expressions team? Head over to freshexpressions.com slash training to learn ways we can work together to provide coaching, training, and inspiration for your church or organization. You can also get more resources like this on FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season four of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God bless you in your work for the kingdom.